Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Conservative media done right. You're listening to the SHR Media Network. Good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of SHR Media Network, Sackhead's Radio. I'm your host, Sackhead Clint. Sackhead Sean is literally walking away, sprinting, if you've ever seen it. It looks more like a duck waddling away, but it is a full sprint. Well, this is going to involve, like, taxes and stuff like that, and it's way above my head. <laughs> I was just about to mention that. We're yeah, no, talk it's, about it, the IRS. So. Yeah, right. yeah. Right. Well, never mind the fact that I go to church, the well-being of my family now that we're putting this interview <laughs> on the air. So thank you for putting all of our lives in danger. <laughs> yeah. Not, not, not a problem. Not a problem. Look, we're, uh, we're here live in the Flora Freedom Fest 2016 from Las Vegas, Nevada, Planet Hollywood. Uh, we're here with a very special guest, uh, Mr. Dan Johnson. Uh, sir, how are you here from the Tax Revolution uh, Institute? I'm doing pretty awesome. I am on Pacific time instead of Eastern time, so the day is kind of waning, but I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thanks for being with us today. And uh, please tell us about uh, about yourself and your organization and uh, kind of what, uh, what Tax Revolution Institute is, is doing. Absolutely. So I got started into activism back in 2012. There was this little law on the books called, or going to come on the books called the National Defense Authorization Act, which usually would fund the military, but this year it uh, essentially authorized a repeat of the Japanese-American detention in 1942. And uh, all that uh, law passed in 1942 did was it authorized the military to control certain parts of the country. And the 2012 NDAA, as we call it, essentially legalized the president's authorization to the military to turn America into a battlefield in the war on terror. And uh, I saw that and thought, well, we don't want to see a repeat in any way, shape, or form of the Japanese-American tension. And this is being swept under the rug. It was passed on New Year's Eve at midnight, so nobody was paying attention. The media didn't pick it up. I think Fox News covered it for five seconds, and MSNBC took about a minute. But we started an organization called People Against the NDAA, and eventually that organization passed legislation in the capital of New York, in Idaho, in Massachusetts, taking local-level action, having the sheriff refuse to allow a military detention without due process happen in their city or county. So we essentially took the idea of a national-level civil liberties violation and addressing it on a local level where your rights are best uh, able to be protected. Mm -hmm. And uh, then I started an activist training center teaching people how to engage locally. And then some victims of IRS abuse approached me, and they were like, we've seen what you've been able to do in other areas. We're very interested in having you help us out in the IRS area. We're sick and tired of being on defense. We want you to go on offense. We want you to start reforming this agency. We want no American should fear any government agency if they've right. done nothing wrong. And the IRS is one of those special areas where not only do Americans fear it, but we've actually accepted it. We've actually accepted that pe- it's okay for people to fear the IRS if they've done nothing wrong. And that is absolutely wrong to us. So that is one of the main focuses of Tax Revolution Institute is to create a world or to create a country where people do not fear the IRS when they've done nothing wrong. And so how are some of the things, what, what are some of the things you're doing to go about uh, bring that to bring that about. 
Absolutely. So our first major campaign, we actually launched three days ago Mm -hmm. at 8 a.m. Congratulations. And uh, that campaign is to audit the IRS. It's auditirs.com. So essentially what we're doing is the first ever full-scale independent audit of the Internal Revenue Service. For as much as the IRS audits other people and makes people spend time and money looking through their own records and trying to prove to the IRS that, yes, in fact, we were innocent, even though you think we're guilty... Because it's also the only place where we're guilty until proven innocent. Right, yeah, we're not supposed to have to prove our innocent. Or, yeah. Right, so, so instead of that, what we need to do is, while the IRS is in a very uh, tenuous position with Congress, so they're wary of bad media attention, they're wary of retaliation or anything like that, now is the time to audit the IRS. Now is the time to look through. We have a list on our website, auditirs.com slash list, of 35 different areas that we're starting to look into when it comes to the audit. But really, the audit is divided into two parts. Number one, talking to the American people, talking to people who've had experiences with the IRS, good, bad, or ugly, and getting an idea of where the patterns of abuse are. What is the IRS continually doing? Because nobody talks about this. You've heard the the term, you don't talk about religion and politics at the dinner table. Right. Well, you definitely don't talk about being investigated by the IRS at the the dinner table, right? right? And uh, really, people need to start talking about it. So we take it from, oh, it's taxes and paperwork and boring and lawyers and stuff like that, to it's a human issue. These are real people who get a letter from the IRS saying, you owe $10,000, and it was a rounding error that the IRS made. These are people who, one of the most egregious practices at the IRS, I think, is when they put out a press release about investigating someone in their local newspaper before that person is convicted. Right. That is one of the most egregious practices I could possibly think of. And in civil asset forfeiture, obviously, Institute for Justice is doing a great job trying to prevent the IRS from just taking money from people without them being charged or even uh, convicted of a crime. But there are lots of other areas like militarization. So we know the IRS is over $11 million in military equipment. Who gets that? Does every secretary get a Glock? Or are, is, are these line agents? Are these? Do they work with SWAT teams at the FBI? Do they have their own? We don't even know how the IRS, what its record policies are. Because whenever you get, you send a FOIA request to the IRS and they send it back, it's like, well, that's redacted. We had, we had, we had friends of ours get a CD back from the IRS and they put it in the computer and it says password needed. And the IRS didn't give them the password. So, so it takes months right. and months and years to get this information. It really shouldn't, especially in one of the most sensitive areas of government, which is tax collection, which is an area government affects all of us. Right. So the audit is starting with people, starting with getting the experiences of people. Again, auditirs.com, you can submit publicly or anonymously. And then secondly, we have our own research team and we're having a team of attorneys. We're bringing on a huge team of advisors, CPAs, attorneys, etc., former IRS agents who are going to look into the information provided in the stories as well as look into the IRS policies, look into court cases against the IRS, look into... Because, you know, as much as we like to hate the IRS, some of it's not their fault. Like, Mm -hmm. the tax code is so needlessly complicated and the IRS is asked to enforce it. Right. So finding out what is the IRS's fault and what is Congress's fault, what lays at the feet of Congress and what lays at the feet of this agency. But we need to know this information first. And unlike in a lot of other areas, a lot of other agencies, we know a lot about them. We know how many people they have. We know what they pay their people. We know they spend their money. The IRS is one of those areas that is still, for some reason, even though they interact with 260 million Americans, for some reason they're considered an area where it's top secret and you shouldn't know what your government is doing with your own money. Right. 
And, and so what kind of relief is, is there available to people that have had these experiences with the IRS or, or who, who, uh, who have been targeted? Because, you know, that's kind of been, been in, mm-hmm. the, in the news lately. Yeah, and, and one of the reasons we started this audit was uh, I was talking to various Tea Party leaders uh, around the country about, okay, so what did Congress do? Mm-hmm. Congress made these big hearings and made a big fuss about it, went on the media, and oh, yeah, the conservatives are being targeted. Yeah. What did they do? And I've been told to my face by most of these people is they used us as political pawns, and they never did anything. Yes. So one of the reasons we're doing the audit is because government will not fix itself. And uh, the relief that we're attempting to provide you're only going to get when more people hear your stories. Great example. Agree or disagree with it, the yes means yes law in California. That's that essentially both parties have to have sexual consent before any intercourse is created. Well, that law was brought about by the stories of sexual assault survivors across campus in California all across the state. If you want to change public policy so there is some relief for victims of IRS abuse, you need to have the American people see their stories. The American people need to understand what's going on. They need to understand the abuse. They need to be able to understand a single mother who got a you know, demand from the IRS for $8,000 and she doesn't even make that much money in a, in a month or in a year. You need to understand a, a person who gets brought into court and the prosecutor in an IRS case accuses her of withholding money because she's Jewish, because she drives a Mercedes, because she has a big house. And you have to understand the experiences of people and the American people have to be able to put themselves in their shoes. And until they can do that, until you can humanize the IRS, this, this IRS abuse issue, you will not get any relief. You will not get... So our goal is to collect as many stories as we possibly can and some make some of those public, make as many of those public as the people are willing to, to allow us to do that because that's what's really going to bring policy change. That's what's really going to bring the American people around to... Oh, wow. Like, for example, 1997 was the last time there was a major restructuring at the IRS. What precipitated that? Senate hearing after Senate hearing after Senate hearing where people tearfully told their stories of encounters with the agency. We need another one of those. And since government won't do it, we will. So it sounds like you have a great game going and, and, and starting out out the gate in terms of, hey, bring in this. First thing you have to do is shed light on it, right? You have to shed light into that dark crevice. You have to shed light into that cave. Uh, darkness doesn't like light. We know that. Right. So as you as you shed that light, is there also a plan to transition that um, into action? And it sounds like the first action is to shed that light. But what about after the fact? Is there a plan in place to change tax code or or, or to assist Congress in restructuring the tax code or eliminating, um, say, the income tax, uh, you know, through constitutional uh, amendment or whatever? Is there something like that in place? So as an organization, we have kind of a four-step plan, four-step strategy when it comes to we need to fix the broken tax system we have in this country, and we need politicians to stop talking about tax reform and start acting on a tax revolution. That's what we're called the Tax Revolution Institute. So four steps. Number one, audit the IRS. If you don't have a tax enforcer that follows the law, it doesn't matter if you change the law. The tax enforcer is still going to be there and still going to harm people. People are still going to go through hell. So you need to audit the IRS first, find out what's going on. Then reform the IRS. Start with little reforms. Start with a couple sentences here and there, a little piece in the Internal Revenue Manual that we change. And then you get people hope. Then there's, oh, my God, you can have a victory against this agency. You can work. You can work. And it's better for the IRS if we do that. Because people who work at the IRS, a decent amount of them, are very good people trying to do their job. But brass has them in a position where they really can't do their job effectively. They really can't actually uh, enforce the law the way it's designed to be enforced. And then you get to tax reform, which 
those two words are kind of the most cliche words in Washington or in like any political circle ever. Right. And don't really mean anything to us. I mean, I, I don't think the tax reform means anything anymore. But tax revolution, changing the tax code, you have to do it in steps. You have to do it in pieces. But you can't do the tax code in pieces because that's where we got to a 70,000-page tax code, what right. we have now. So what I'll suggest and what we're suggesting is start with local-level and state-level tax reform. So pick your tax reform idea, your tax reform plan, implement it on a local level. So one of the things you can always implement on a local level is tax neutrality. Why do we tax soda more than we tax beer in some areas? Why do we tax they're beer more than... behavior. They're trying to change behavior. Individual Look, choices. They're trying to affect individual choice. If you want... Sololinsky, right? If you want to ban something, ban it. Mm-hmm. If you want to regulate something, regulate it. Don't tax it. Because then you're saying, oh, well, it's unconstitutional to ban it. But, you know, we're just going to subtly adjust behavior with this tax. Right. It needs to be neutral. Taxation needs to be neutral. That's another thing you can do at a local or at a state level. So our next step is local state-level tax reform, which takes this flat tax, fair tax, whatever tax you want to talk about, from theory to reality. And now you're not talking to people about, oh, we hope this will work for your wallet, because obviously they're going to love to vote for you because you hope it'll work. Right. But you're taking it to reality. Look, this county of Pennsylvania had this tax. This county of Pennsylvania had that tax. We know what the difference in people's lives was. You could have that difference. Local, state-level tax reform, work your way up to the federal level, and then eventually replace the entire tax code because you cannot start at 70,000 pages and then use a scalpel and start whittling little pieces out of it. No, you need to scrap the whole thing and, and completely start over. Absolutely. Um, and, and so, you know, I guess, I guess a question that I would have is, hey, you know, um, local tax, city tax, everyone has like a half cent tax on this or, you know, whatever the case is. And local communities, um, they may feel a certain, a certain amount of that. Uh, how do you, how do you grow that to a really spotlight that? Is there something in place for your organization to spotlight a particular city to start affecting more and more jurisdictions who may not be aware of this tax revolution in that particular jurisdiction? The hardest uh, thing to do is start it, right? The hardest right. thing to do with anything to do is to start it, have a first success. Yes. But uh, politics is about people. And when you understand people, people have morale. And if you're an army, if you are a general, you understand it doesn't matter what kind of equipment you have. It doesn't matter what kind of resources you have. If your army has no morale you'll lose every single battle they roll into. And the tax reform army, quote-unquote, has no morale. Like, unless they're getting paid to promote tax reform, nobody actually believes that any real tax reform is going to be advanced in this country. Right. In order to change that dynamic, you have to have a success. You have a success in, you know, hometown Pennsylvania. Then everybody points to hometown Pennsylvania as, oh, look, look, there's our success. This worked. And then you have another success and you have another success. And, and really it only takes this – this is something that shocks people. I'm a political strategist at heart, so this is something that shocks people. Guess how many – what percentage of the population in any – just take a guess. What percentage of the population in any area is enough to flip every single vote? I'd say 10. Pretty close. You take 100% of the population mm-hmm. – about 70% are actually eligible to vote. About 40% actually register to vote. About 20% actually go to the polls on election day, a little higher in presidential, a little lower in city elections. Out of that 20%, 7% almost always vote Democrat. 7% almost always vote Republican. Politicians do not care about those people one little bit because they know they'll always get their vote. It's 14%. Leaves us with 6%. Out of that 6%, you only need half to win an election. 3% plus 1% is all you need to be represented in any local fight, any state fight, and eventually any federal fight to win 
to flip every vote because all the politicians are scared that you might flip their election with that 3%. Interesting. So how do you target that 3%? The way you target that 3% is uh, another analogy I'll give you, which is post-it notes. So let's say we have three people who want a resolution to get rid of jaywalking laws in their city. First person comes in, I'm the county commissioner, comes in, city councilman, he comes in to me and he's like, all right, this resolution is great because of reason X, Y, Z, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We love this resolution. Uh, this will be make us safer or freer or whatever. What do you think I'm going to do with that person's suggestion? I'm probably going to put it in the trash after, as soon as he leaves. Thank you for your vote. The next person comes in and attached to their resolution, they have a post-it note. And on this post-it note are the names of 12 people, or 20 people, in my district. Now I'm going to look at that resolution and go, hmm, so how many people do I think are actually going to vote for that resolution, or like that resolution? 20, 30, 40, something like that. I'll put it in the maybe pile. Something to watch. Person three comes in. They know politics. They they have a resolution. They also have a post-it note. But on that post-it note are the names of 10 organizations in my community that support this resolution. Now, how many people do I think are behind that resolution? You don't know. I have no idea. And you, we fear the unknown. Mm-hmm. Our founding fathers, Thomas Jefferson, said that when the people fear their government, there is tyranny. When the government not sits down with you over a cup of coffee, right. but fears, fears you, there is liberty. Right. You create that fear. Every fight I have ever won or advised people to win was a coalition of organizations that were already in the community, already cared about that type of issue or the, an issue like that affected them. They came together. They represented the 3%. In Albany, New York, for example, we flipped an 8-5 to five vote to 11-0 to zero vote using that tactic. And, and hence, that's why you get 3%ers. You hear 3%ers in, in some military and law enforcement circles and whatnot, too. Be, because that's, that's how many, yeah. that, what percentage of people actually fought in the American Absolutely. Revolution was 3%. Yep, and very, very few people know that or, or understand that history. Right. So that's awesome. And, and it's interesting. You brought up an interesting point. You know, it's, it's the fear through the process that's laid out. It's not fear through anarchy. Or it's not fear well, through chaos. It's not fear through initially. Well, think about it, though. Right. If, uh, you know, what's a martyr? A martyr is someone who gave up their life for cause. Mm-hmm. Why do billionaires fund expeditions to the Arctic to get mountains named after them that no one will ever climb? Why? It's reputation. A person's reputation is always more important to them than their own life. So why would you, you know, just considering the scenario, why would you go after someone's life when you can go after their reputation? Right. When, when, when they violate, and I'm not a mean guy, I try not to be a mean guy. No, but no, 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 but it's, it's, it's strategy, right? When, when they violate your rights and the end result of those, those violations is you lose your freedom, you sit in a cage, yeah. then you need to push back. And if that takes destroying their reputation, well, they made the decision to violate your rights and you're acting in self-defense. Absolutely. And we have a, a, an obligation to do so. We have an obligation to stand up in that manner to, to a government that's become too oppressive. It was addressed in, in, in the Declaration of Independence. Absolutely. And once, you know, all of the, you know, we gave all the branch to the king, we tried to talk to it, we tried to petition. Once yeah. all that stuff was done, then it was, it was tar and feather and revolution time. Right. And I like tars and feathers. They're kind of in short supply, but I, <laughs> I do like to find tars and feathers where I can. And the tax man was a target when this thing whole started. Let's, just, let's face it, right? A lot of revolutions were anti-tax or, or revolutions motivated by taxes because, let's face it, that's where most people interact with the government. Right. Now, does your organization have any any particular uh, tax plan 
that you would like to see like a flat tax of X percent or um, a, a sales tax only system or anything like that? No, we don't really endorse a plan and, and we, we, may, we may never actually endorse a tax plan. And the reason why is when you create a, a tax plan, um, first of all, they never have a transition plan. Mm-hmm. So you're saying to all these people, I know a little, you know, when uh, Yahoo News tweeted out that the White House was attacked because they got hacked by a hacker, the stock market dropped like 200 points. If that's that will shock the stock market, imagine what an overhaul the tax code would do. Right. You have to have a transition plan in order to make that work, and very few of the plans out there actually think about the transition, actually think about the process up to that, and protecting people who will be hurt by the new plan. That's one reason. The other reason is when you create a plan that has like 20 points, all someone has to do is take out one of the points, and then your entire plan is discredited. For right. the fair tax, the prebate, for the for the flat tax, it's how it'll hurt poor people. I mean. When you create an actual plan like that, yeah, you do eventually need a plan, but we'll probably support a set of principles that plans have to follow mm-hmm. and then kind of leave it up to the American people to decide what kind of tax system that they want. Interesting. And how can people get involved? People can actually get involved by with the audit by going to auditirs.com. We do need support. We do need donations. It is not cheap to hire researchers and lawyers. They don't like, you know, they're not like minimum wage, $15 an hour type people. Right. <laughs> but uh, the other way is if you know someone who's had a story, uh, who's had an experience with the IRS. Again, auditirs.com, some of those experiences. The more of those we have, the easier it is to find patterns of abuse. And if you'd like to share your story publicly, you can convince the American people we need to do something about the IRS. And thirdly, if you're an organization who would like to help with the audit, like to talk to your members about auditing the IRS, then you can go to auditirs.com, submit your information. Our actual website for Tax Revolution Institute is taxrevolution.us. You can find our other information there. If you're an organization that is a nonprofit, check out the First Amendment Alliance. Congress uh, keeps busy, and uh, this year they're attempting to let the IRS squash the free speech of uh, nonprofit 501c4s. So. Wow. Dan, thank you so much for the work you're doing. Very excited to have you here today. Please keep it up. Please keep us in mind. If you ever want to come on, talk about something, get something out, please let us know you have our cards. I'm more than happy to speak with you again, have you on the show. That's it, Mr. Dan Johnson here on the Sackheads Radio Show, SHR Media Network, live from Freedom Fest 2016, Las Vegas, Nevada, Planet Hollywood. Conservative media done right. You're listening to the SHR Media Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.